Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. That's a wrap. Yo, that's a wrap. It was an amazing experience. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Hope you got some laughs and good entertainment. This is Warriors Wrap-Up. 95-7 the game. Wiseman with his fourth rebound. Thompson past the corner. Ty Jerome. Got it! Send it in, Jerome. Ty Jerome. Big night. Who would have thought as we welcome you inside here to Warriors wrap up on 95-7 the game. John Dickinson with you inside Chase Center where the Warriors had their way uh, against the Memphis Grizzlies tonight, winning 123-109 to and uh, flat out. I mean, that's why you play the games. You know, the Warriors have a lot of players with championship pride, and they wanted to put it to a Grizzlies team that comes in tied at the top of the Western Conference and has talked a heck of a lot of mess about the Warriors and about themselves being the, the next dynasty, uh, even without uh, getting to a conference finals at this point. Uh, as a core group, and uh, the Warriors were up to the task. Again, inside Chase Center, so much of the discussion has been about can the Warriors get it going again on the home floor, even without Steph Curry now. Uh, new information into the equation with Steph going out on the last road trip and the Warriors coming off a 1-5 and, and and really needing every single win they could possibly get here uh, over the course of this homestand to try and salvage things and keep the season afloat up until the point where Steph Curry can come back and this team can can really uh, start to, to build some positive momentum and, and try and make a playoff push. So 888-957-9570, triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Warriors wrap up on 95.7. The game Xfinity Mobile text line is open as well, and it was just uh, a festive atmosphere inside Chase Center. Uh, place was rocking, and the Warriors gave the Warrior fans a, a lot to be excited about uh in this one it, it started with Jordan Poole going off and setting the tone 17 points in the first quarter for Jordan Poole in this game as the Warriors led 33-29 after one and it felt like all right the energy was good in the building but the energy was good for the Warriors right off the top and that allowed uh the Warriors to uh you know hang in the game and, and eventually push a lead up to 20 and, and have enough answers down the stretch to win it. But tonight it really uh, – and you can go around the box score and, and up and down the Warriors roster on a night like tonight with so much going on. Uh, it's almost one of those nights where it's where do you begin? Well, we'll begin with the beginning. And then you've got Jordan Poole who winds up getting himself ejected from the game, picks up a couple technical fouls. The intensity was it a, a playoff fervor. There were – Text getting handed out left and right by Mark Davis and company. Rough night, rough crew. 
I thought both ways, both teams extremely frustrated with the whistle that, that they were getting uh, in, in the game tonight. A couple of weak technicals, I thought. I thought there were some calls made both ways that, that were incorrect. I thought there were some calls made uh, <laughs> that weren't made, uh, frankly, that, that probably should have been made. Uh, but I think that added to the edge and the intensity in the crowd and, and these two teams facing each other for the first time since that playoff series going back to to May and you know Dylan Brooks being public enemy number one in the building and how about Clay Thompson at the end uh, standing over Dylan Brooks, wagging the tongue at him uh, and picking up a taunting tech of his own. You had Draymond talking a lot of madness. Dylan Brooks is always talking, but you had Draymond going at it with, with John Morant. I think those two uh, really like each other and, and enjoy each other. I, I know Draymond was was talking to John Morant's dad after the ball game. They were exchanging pleasantries, and, and so I think there's there is some respect between these two teams, but there is a lot of hatred on the floor between these two teams, which which makes it such a wonderful matchup uh, for the Christmas holiday and really kind of a throwback uh, to a different era in the NBA to have two teams that that legitimately on the floor seem like they don't like each other. It, it's just rarer and rarer as time has gone on that, that you see that, but uh, I think it's it's good for the league, frankly, uh, and and it makes you know the games. If you're paying to to buy a ticket, or if you're gathering with family tonight for the holidays and and watching it on TV, or you're listening on the radio as everybody was here at ninety five seven, the game, uh, it just it just makes the game so much more enjoyable when it there's the feeling that both teams want it uh, extremely badly and and don't like each other and are mad at the refs and and everything else. So Jordan Poole, first first box checked as far as setting a tone with the 17 first quarter points I thought Draymond Green and Clay Thompson also set the tone uh, early on in in this one Uh, I I thought it it was a game where you know everybody you know this is a game where if the if you know that it means a lot to the core championship players that are that are playing I think it trickles down to the rest of the roster. And, you know, there were some young players that Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody were a small part of that series against the Grizzlies. They kind of know. But, you know, Ty Jerome doesn't know walking in. And, you know, Dante DiVincenzo's a, a sharp guy and played a lot of big games in college and was with the Bucks a couple of years ago as they were coming out of COVID and, and winning the title, although injured for the stretch run of that. So he's been around it a lot. But I think Draymond and Clay, with their their edge, their attitude, their intensity, their disdain for the Memphis Grizzlies and a lot of the mess that the Grizzlies have potentially prematurely talked, they set a tone for this one to where I feel like those that didn't know what it was all about, they knew. And and Dante DiVincenzo knows that this is a massive game for, for the Warriors and for the vets and for the champion guys. Uh, James Wiseman understands that it's that it's a big game. A guy like Ty Jerome understands. Anthony Lamb understands. So some of these guys, a lot of them not around last year, but when the tone is set by the championship core players, and again, Draymond and Clay did it with their play, did it with their their talking, did it with their uh, taunting in some instances tonight. 
but but they set a tone I think that that others followed throughout the night and and there were some big time contributions but again the thing I come back to is the intensity and and we'll continue to get into the the little stretches of the game and the big performances because I think you could make the case everybody who played tonight for the Warriors made a positive contribution uh, and did something in this game I think you could also make the case that tonight was what the Warriors envisioned that this season was going to be more like as far as their young players not necessarily scoring or putting up big numbers, but being able to contribute toward winning in a in a rotation against a playoff team. I think this is tonight, you know, with with Wiseman coming in and rebounding and playing good defense, uh, which is something that that hasn't been there a lot of the time when he's been on the floor with Kaminga, you know, being a junkyard dog as far as as defending and rebounding and, and, and aggressively trying to, to drive and get to the free throw line. A lot of short posts for Kaminga tonight, trying to get out in transition. Uh, and, and Moses Moody calmly you know, knocking down a three ball and, and attacking the basket if, if teams close out on him. I, I feel like tonight is what the Warriors envisioned in training camp it looking like, with the veteran players playing their roles and doing their thing. Obviously, you want to have Steph and Wiggins, but, the, but, but tonight was what – hasn't been able to be done for the Warriors and and why things I think in in some sense went awry over the first 10 games of the season but it all clicked for for Kaminga, Wiseman and Moody. Ty Jerome uh, ends up with a what 14 point game for, for Ty Jerome and he had one of the biggest stretches of the game after the Grizzlies had cut a, a lead down to three and it felt like well this has been fun the inter- energy's been great the Warriors have brought it but the Grizzlies are the more talented team top to bottom on this night with Steph and Wiggins out and maybe the, the fourth quarter was going to be a little rough but Ty Jerome late in the third he's able to go on a 8-0 run himself knocked down a couple of threes hit another jumper that helped give the Warriors some some breathing room and it doesn't hurt to knock down 18 three-pointers as a team Warriors doubling up the Grizz from three-point range but but that helped stabilize big buckets from 80 to 77 all the way up to 91 77 uh, and the Warriors were, were in good shape uh, heading into the fourth quarter and they would have just enough as the Grizzlies would come to get a big stop uh, Warriors would hit a, a big shot and, and essentially having every answer down the stretch to, to keep it from getting super tight in the fourth quarter, which was especially important because Jordan Poole got himself ejected uh, in the fourth quarter. Dylan Brooks really going to Jordan Poole tonight, extremely physical. Poole was was doing his thing and, and hitting shots anyway and getting to the free throw line. He thought he probably should have got to the free throw line a few more times than he did tonight. Thought that the, the physicality, there was a play in the first half where Brooks just knocked Poole down uh, on the sideline after Poole had made a pass. So he was getting deed up and Poole gets rid of the ball and Brooks just knocked him down. And I, I think Poole was looking to the ref and in an instance where you've already got one tech, you can't get another. Uh, but, you know, I think Poole was looking more to the ref and I think that the thing that Poole's got to know is you can't get ejected from that and, and, and direct it more 
direct it toward the player and not the ref, I think, you know, is, is probably the best way to go in this in, in these types of situations where everybody's looking to, to call technical fouls and the officials are frustrated. And I, I don't think they lost control of the game as much as they just, they just had a rough night and both teams were so heated in it that they were constantly, uh, you know, one way or the other, you know, teams were, were going at them. So tonight, one of those games where the Warriors, they show you that uh, they've got it in the tank and they could dial it up when they want to, and they've been able to dial it up at home. They've been able, even shorthanded, against top teams to do it at home. The question now is, can the Warriors bring enough of that level of intensity? Not necessarily the 18 threes, but the intensity, the the, the edge, the defense, over these last seven games at home here to, to win a good chunk of these games because if they can do that, I think the Warriors are on to something once Steph Curry is able to return uh, and and then we can start having conversations about a playoff push and, and what ultimately it's going to look like. So 888-957-9570, John Dickinson on Warriors wrap-up here on 95.7. The game is the Warriors win it 123-109. to Let's go to uh, Skills in Vallejo on the phone lines getting us tipped off tonight here on the Warriors wrap-up. What's going on, Skills? What's going on, John? Good evening. Thank you for spending part of your holiday taking our call. Good to be on with you again. Absolutely. Uh, what I wanted to say was uh, there's a classic Simpsons episode where Bart is in a race with Martin and Nelson, and Nelson is being insufferable. Martin pulls Bart aside and says, I don't care which one of us wins as long as one of us beats him. Well, <laughs> similarly, in this homestand coming up, I looked at it and I said, I don't care. Well, I do care, but for intensive purposes, I don't care if we lose every game. We have to beat the Grizzlies. I called you last <laughs> year or earlier this year. I know you don't remember it now, but uh, I, I explained. I hate the Grizzlies. They're a bunch of loudmouths, and it, the Warriors just, you know, it, bragging rights. If another reason, the way the season is gone, we can at least say Memphis did not come in here and stop us on our home floor on Christmas Day. Uh, and then there's two last things I want to close with, one of which you may know the answer to, one of which you probably don't, but I'm going to just throw it out there. One, how much longer is Andrew Wiggins supposed to be out? And two, has anyone in NBA history ever scored zero points immediately after scoring 30? Thanks and good night. Uh, that's, a, that's a great one. The second one I'd have to do some research on. Of course, you're speaking to James Wiseman. Zero points tonight, though, but you know what? He was a plus eight. And he had five rebounds in eight minutes. And that is that is the way for him to earn more time as a backup center. And he was going to get an opportunity tonight with Jermichael Green out in the health and safety protocols and with the way that the Grizzlies play with the, the bigs. Obviously having Jaron Jackson, who they, I mean, they frustrated the hell out of Jaron Jackson Jr. in this one, got him in foul trouble. Uh, the Grizzlies were, were just, you know, angry for the most part all night the Warriors won on the boards tonight you know really you know, you don't win on the boards in this game if you don't have Wiseman out there being aggressive on the glass Kaminga uh, aggressive on defense moving the basketball four rebounds total for Kaminga uh, you look up and he's a plus 21 in this game you know Ty Jerome was a plus 23 in this game we talked about the the shot making and the playmaking that he was able to come up with Anthony Lamb had a huge stretch in the first half where he hit three three pointers uh, ended up with 11 on the night and the Warriors needed those threes in the first half to, to help separate uh, as far as Wiggins that's a tricky one skills 
the issue with Wiggins, uh, the Warriors had, had acknowledged pregame that they had targeted tonight as a game where they thought Wiggins was going to be able to come back. So it sounds like uh, there was a little bit of, of you know, I don't want to call it a setback, but but it was taken longer than, than expected for Wiggins to, to get back and, and get fully healthy from the groin. I know Steve Kerr said pregame that, that you don't necessarily want to risk it uh, with a groin because it can be tr- troublesome. But, yeah, there was a lot of optimism that Wiggins would be back in this game today. Steve Kerr did say, I'll give you the direct quote, uh, it's lingered longer than expected. With a groin injury, you have to be careful. Uh, he also added that he's got to get live work in and practice before he could be out on the floor. So the timeline with Wiggins has been slowed a little bit, which I, I think put you know this, this homestand in a little bit of peril. And being able to come out and get the first one against the best team that you're going to face on the entire homestand, I, I think that's pretty huge uh, as a tone setter that the Warriors have still got action at home, even without Steph, even without Wiggins, and and that, that they still are fighting after three days off and, and what was a, a brutal road trip, one and five with the injuries taking a toll and all of that, that they are going to keep fighting. As far as the Grizzlies' point, to, to what skills brought up. I think a lot of Warrior fans are feeling that way. I think there were a lot of Warrior fans the last few days that kind of came to grips with, hey, this season could could get a little a little iffy here in the next couple of weeks if Steph's going to be out. But if you can if you can win a couple of these, make the Grizzlies be one one of the ones because of all the all the the uh, you know, mess that the Grizzlies have talked. And and I know we'll play it for you at, at some point here. But but Clay. Uh, addressed it on the post-game interview on uh, ESPN and ABC, just just what it was that, that gets him so riled up about facing the Grizzlies and and, and everything that, that they had talked. Let, you know, let's go. Before we get to Ryan uh, on the phone lines, let's, let's hear the, the clay cut quickly here. Uh, this was with Lisa Salters, I believe, post-game. What message did you want to send tonight? Man, they was talking about dynasty and all that. You can't talk dynasty when you haven't won before. I don't think people realize how hard that is, the commitment and sacrifice it takes. I mean, you got to sacrifice your body. And I thought that was premature talk, you know, to talk, to even mention that word. But they bring the best out of us, and I think we do the same. And uh, even though you don't like them, you got to respect them because uh, they're a threat. So there you go. Respect them even if you don't like them. They're a threat. So there, there is some, some respect there. They do talk a lot uh, of mess. And, and, you know, Dylan Brooks also was the dude that, that you know, injured Gary Payton II going back to, to last year uh, as well in that series and wound up getting himself suspended for it, and he's always talking. And tonight, Clay was talking. Tonight, Draymond was talking. And, you know, it's one of those nights where you you just you – know, you think something might jump off in-game in or might jump off after the game between, between the two teams. But uh, I, I thought there was one part I would quibble with Clay a little bit there. Uh, the Grizzlies did bring out the, war, the best in the Warriors. The Warriors did not bring out the best in the Grizzlies tonight. Uh, in fact, you could make the case that uh, the – Warriors brought out the worst in the Grizzlies to their own uh, benefit in this one. 888-957-9570. Let's get to Ryan next here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Ryan. What's going on, Ryan? You're on the air. All right. 
Did we have two? Did we have two Ryan Sterling, or was it just was that the same Ryan on the board? Same Ryan. All right. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. John Dickinson here. Warriors wrap up on ninety five seven. The game, big win for the Warriors, one twenty three to one hundred nine. And uh, you know this shows that that maybe the Warriors have a little bit of action on, on this homestand. It, it shows that they've got it in them. But again, I think uh, the the intensity is what's got to be there. And not believing that just because you played one of your best games against the Grizzlies that you can just show up against Charlotte or against some of these other teams, Utah, Portland coming in, even Detroit and Orlando coming in on the back end of this thing. You know, that's that's the, the moving forward takeaway for me is that it's got to be it's got to be like tonight in terms of a tone. And I get it, you don't hate those other teams like you hate the the Memphis Grizzlies. But but if you can grit and grind your way to to uh, you know the way you conduct yourself on the floor, you can win some of those games. Even maybe if you don't make eighteen threes because you're playing lesser opponents compared to the the Grizzlies. The eighteen threes though is nice. But again, I think to me it was more about the execution and the poise and the intensity and the edge that the Warriors played with. All right, let's give Ryan one more chance here on the phone lines at eight 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 nine five seven ninety five seventy. What's going on tonight, Ryan? Hey, guys, uh, just wrapping up after the game like you are. It was a real solid win, of course, on Christmas Day. I'm really happy about that. A little disappointed after seeing live Jordan Poole getting thrown out the game. That was unnecessary. Um, I think, you know, everything we saw from the younger guys tonight in the lineup, uh, they really went out and got it. They played a lot more defense than you probably normally would be used to Sam seeing and being so successful. Um, you know, and shout-out to the Grizzlies on Christmas. They gave it their all. Of course, they're on a road trip right now, which is only in our favor as a, a, a lesser warrior team, if you will, if you look at our starters. Um, I think overall it was a really great game. and really excited about the win, of course. Um, it's always great to see the younger guys on our team you know, get out there and really get some uh, some serious minutes in a in a game. Nope. Oh, thanks for the call, Ryan. Appreciate it. Uh, Ryan's line open at eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Yeah, it was unfortunate to see Poole get get tossed. I think it was a weak ejection by Mark Davis. And and look, they were handing out technicals left and right. I think a lot of that is. Is just the intensity of the game, and and you look at it. Uh, the Warriors had six. The Grizzlies had none tonight. Is that right? Uh, I, I almost, I, I guess that is right. Uh, with Draymond Green picking up one, Jordan Poole picked up a couple. Kerr had one. Kaminga had one. I thought the Kaminga one was was pretty weak. Uh, and then Clay Thompson. That's an obvious one for the taunt uh, and and standing over Dylan Brooks. Although I think at that point, game had been decided. Warrior fans were eating it up inside Chase Center here tonight. Uh, and it just uh, just a, a, a tremendous victory for for the Warriors, and one that you got to feel you know really good about here moving forward. Uh, and just so many different contributions from from so many different players uh, in this one. So eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. We'll come back. We'll get some text messages. We'll hear from Steve Kerr and others in the locker room as the Warriors get the job done tonight. Big win over the Grizz, one twenty three to one hundred nine. You heard it right here on ninety five seven. The game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. 
That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Pool top side. Over to Thompson. Left side. Three is good for Clay. Somebody was chirping at him because he looked over toward the Memphis bench. Now back to Warriors this week. On now back to Warriors wrap-up on 95-7 The Game. Yeah, Warriors this week, Warriors wrap-up. Getting them both in for you on this Sunday. Uh, appreciate everybody listening to Warriors this week, this afternoon, leading you up to the game. And Warriors wrap-up now. After the ball game, big win for the Dubs, 123-109, to 888 888-957-9570. Uh, that is the phone number to give me a call or shoot me a text. A uh, couple of texts to get to, 510. J.D., your whole station said tonight was going to be a long night without Curry and Wiggins. Any team can beat any team, including Memphis, without top talent. No doubt. That's why you got to play the game. And, and look, go, you know, going into it, it had the potential to be a rough night, but the Grizzlies didn't have it tonight. I thought a lot of that was, was what the Warriors were doing, uh, and – defensively and the intensity and a lot of things we talked about in the first segment. And then they made 18 threes and they had a bunch of contributions from a a bunch of different players. Uh, You know, Dante DiVincenzo started and you talk about tone setters. I I mentioned Jordan Poole with the 17. I talked about Draymond and and Clay with the intensity and the understanding of, of what this game meant and how important it was to get off against the the Grizzlies to start this homestand, but also to to get off and 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 understand uh, the the rivalry between these two teams that that is in play uh, off of that the playoff series from a, a year ago. Uh, but Dante Divincenzo uh, set a tone. Five threes made, but the defense early, uh, I thought, on John Morant. And look, the Warriors did a nice job letting him shoot the three, trying to to do the best to limit. The opportunities at the free throw line, only seven. We've seen Ja have 15, 20 free throws in a game against the Warriors before on a lot of nights. And so they they did a nice job, even though it was a night where Morant ended up with 36. And, and just being able to put some ball pressure on him with DiVincenzo, I think, is is key. So uh, 888-957-9570. Let's get back to the phones here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Warriors fans feeling good on this Christmas night. Uh, Eric in San Leandro next here on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, Eric? 
Hey, hey, man, you know what? I'm so excited, man. I've been telling everybody if I was a gambling man, I'd have won a lot of money tonight. I told everybody that the Memphis Grizzlies are all smoke and no fire. And we got to play Wiseman more. Wiseman did. Wiseman was big tonight. He may not score no points, but he was big in the paint, changing their shots, getting rebounds. And here's another thing I wanted to say. Adam Silver and the referees must got some type of conspiracy or vendetta against the Warriors because some of these calls are very excessive. That's all I got to say for now. Thank, thanks for the call. I'm not going to speak to the the officiating on that level. I mean, I, I don't I don't think that's what's going on here. I think you, you had there were stretches of the game where, believe it or not, I thought the the Warriors thought they were getting a tough whistle and they were actually getting a they were actually getting an okay whistle. To be honest, I thought you know first half of the game and and through, I thought overall it, it it did wind up evening up. I thought there were a couple of weak techs as as we alluded to. Uh, I thought, you know, Kaminga's tech was kind of weak. I thought, you know, pool the ejection tech was weak. Uh, you know, that's the one that you'd like to see an official, I think, not pull the trigger on, knowing that a player's already got one. But again, I'd like to see Poole direct more of his angst toward the player in that situation. And Dylan Brooks is trying to throw him around all night. Then, then the official, I think if you do that, you probably get the benefit of the doubt uh, on a night where the officials were clearly hearing it from both ways and clearly frustrated about it. But uh, I, I think the intensity of the game sometimes can skew that that view uh, as far as uh, the, the way the officiating is going because Warrior fans are, are, are frustrated tonight with it and think that there was something going on against the Warriors. But I'm going to tell you right now, if we were doing the show back in Memphis tonight, they'd be talking about, how they felt they were getting jobbed by the by the officials in, in this game tonight. So it goes both ways, and I, and I think both fan bases would have been frustrated. It was just a poorly officiated game, uh, I thought, tonight by Mark Davis, Rodney Mott, and Natalie Sago. Just not a well-officiated game uh, all the way around, and, and you move on to the next. And, you know, it, it is one of those things that does tend to happen probably a little bit too often, more than you'd like. Uh, you know, I thought the flow at times was bad with some of the, the plays that were called versus some of the other ones that, that weren't. You don't like to see that. Uh, but but overall, I think both teams had a lot of gripes about the officiating tonight. It was just the Warriors uh, that ended up with all the technicals, which I do think was was pretty interesting. Uh, as far as Wiseman, uh, if if James Wiseman's going to play like he did tonight, James Wiseman is going to play a little bit more. Like, that, that is the key. And you know, we had a texter on the Xfinity Mobile text line who, who dropped this uh, earlier. Uh, Wiseman, his zero points were more impactful than the 30 points the other night because of defensive rebounding. And that's exactly right. That, that is 100% correct. Uh, he was much more impactful tonight with zero points, zero shot attempts. Because, and, and look, the, the things that he did tonight are the things that the Warriors coaching staff wants him to do. And really the reason that he was sent to the G League to, to, to be able to do, to be able to practice, you know, being able to, to know, you know when to help, how to challenge a shot, how to be in the right position defensively to, to defend at, at a higher level than he had been. If he rebounds and defends, he'll get on the floor and, and can be formidable. The, the, the issue, though, has been that, that just far too often he hasn't been able to do that. So I, I thought tonight, and I'm with the texture, I thought tonight was, was a 
a really good game. I, I thought tonight was the best game of, of James Wiseman's season, to be honest. <laughs> it just when you look at, at at what he brought to the table in the ways that there were like when we talk about the young players and do they fit and can they help this team? Can they be a part of a playoff rotation? All of those things are going to be determined in the next four months. But to to have a shot, it's got to be the little things. It's not the points. It's not scoring the basketball. It's not shots. It's rebounding. It's defense. That goes for Kaminga too, and you know it goes for Moody. It goes for all of them. But uh, and then the Grizzlies part of it uh, as well is just you know all smoke and no fire. You know, at some point, and I think the Grizzlies are, are are new to the game as far as you know being contenders. I thought last year was the the burst onto the scene year, right? They had the two seed, they had home court advantage against the Warriors. The OGs beat them, and they ran their mouth a lot, and and the OGs beat them and humbled them. And now this is the first year where they're coming back with some expectations on them, and they're starting to get a little older, and guys are starting to get paid on that team. And, you know, the, the championship window in their minds is open really probably for the first time this season. So uh, you start losing as a favorite in, you know, w- when you're coming back and you've been humbled once already, then I think you do start to get a little bit of that, that, that reputation as far as being one of those kinds of teams that's always, you know, running off in the mouth and, and, and maybe in some circles – unlikable uh you know I get why warrior fans don't like him I think it's interesting it seems like the Grizzlies are the are the team that the you know it's the team that's been at the top of the mountain that's the one that the Grizzlies have have chosen to to bring all the smoke for and yeah tonight uh there was a lot of smoke uh but there was no fire from the Grizzlies and and all fire from the Warriors uh Andrew in Pleasanton up next here on Warriors wrap up with JD on 95.7 the game what's going on tonight Andrew Hey JD, uh, I just uh, to start off, I want to say I really appreciate your fair-mindedness and uh, you know just sort of a rational standpoint on things. Like, I know that you're always going to give the game a fair shake, whatever you know. You're no homer, and uh, and I really appreciate that. And and to speak to that, uh, you know, like you're talking about how the uh, the Warriors might complain about some calls and the Grizzlies might complain about some calls and, um, and, and how the Grizzlies, uh, I don't know, started John, they not started drawing. They, they've sort of made it a, um, a combative atmosphere between, um, you know, the Grizzlies and the Warriors in the last couple of years. And, and I feel like they sort of manufactured this and I'm, I'm sort of, um, curious, you know, in a, uh, just asking your opinion kind of way, uh, like what makes a rivalry, you know, like, cause it, it feels like, like the Warriors are just top dog and then Grizzlies just started John and, and now is there a rivalry question mark? Take my question. Yeah. It's interesting. I'm going to, I'm going to defer to Steve Kerr on that one. And, and thanks for the call. I, I think he's got the best, uh, the best grasp of it, Andrew. He he says it's got to be multiple playoff series. I think the Grizzlies feel like there there have been multiple playoff series. You know, play in tournament game, not really a playoff series. Uh, I I I think the Grizzlies. It, it you know what it reminds me of, honestly. And I'll I'm I'm uh, you know get, I'm starting to get up there. I'm still still a relatively young guy, but it reminds me of growing up in Sacramento is the Kings and the Lakers. 
going back to the, the 2000s. And that was a part of, of, of my youth and, and, and high school, college days. And, you know, the, the Kings wanted a piece of the Lakers. And why? Because the Lakers were the team that had won championships. The Lakers were the team with the superstars. The, the Lakers were the team that was starting to get a little bit older, older prime. And the Kings were the up-and-comers with Chris Webber and, and Mike Bibby and, and Peja Stojakovic and, and all of those players. And, you know, they had never been good. They'd been a, kind of a dormant franchise, small market versus big market. You've got small market versus big market with the Grizzlies and, and the Warriors. And it was always kind of the, the you know the the kings poking the bear at the at the at the lakers and you know getting frustrated with the officials and things like that and if you're a historian of the league you obviously know that there there were some things that that got a little bit weird in that playoff series but the point I'm getting at is you've got the the team that's been on top that's getting a little bit older and you've got the young up and coming team that wants to knock that team down so i think it's always natural for that team to be the the one that that sort of sets the tone for hey we think it's a rivalry are you going to join that fray or not and i think the warriors have joined the fray just based on their demeanor toward the the, the grizzlies i mean there was always some back and forth with the rockets there was some back and forth with the thunder the Cavs in the finals you know the warriors have had some teams the the lob city clippers like the warriors have had some teams uh where you know there was some chatter or dislike or 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 maybe uh, those teams thought the Warriors were kind of frauds, and the Warriors would look back and be like, hey, you guys have one squat. Like, who the hell are you? Clippers, Rockets, James Harden, Russ, OKC, you know, all of that. And and that made sense because there were all these teams trying to break through, and then the Warriors came in and swooped in and, and broke through. So the, the interesting part to that is I don't know that any of these other rivalries, if you want to call them that, have, have met the – the level that this one has really in the last couple of years. But uh, I, I think, and we'll hear from Steve Kerr here in just a second, I think he says it best, and he will address it in his post-game press conference, multiple playoff series. multiple. So, you know, could be trending that way. You know, we saw round one, and it was a hard-fought six games, and the Grizzlies thought they would have won it if they had been healthier. The Warriors went on to win a chip. And so that only adds to the other kind of chip that that the Grizzlies have. But uh, I think it's always on the young team that hadn't done anything when you're trying to knock off somebody that has. I mean, the the Bulls, I think, had a little bit of that with the Pistons. Although, interestingly, you know, going even farther back in history, it was, you know, the the Pistons were the team on top that were that were the bullies and and the team that was like, you're not going to beat us and and the Bulls had to beat them. And you remember the Bulls beat them, and finally when the Bulls beat them, the Pistons didn't even shake their hand walking off the court, and the Bulls go on to win three championships. So, so over the, there's been that sort of perpetual handoff, but we'll see. The Warriors have won against a lot of these teams that have never gotten over the hump, and you know the Grizzlies have talked a lot ahead, and, and we'll see. Uh, you know If the Grizzlies go on to win a championship then and show that they've got that it, uh, and and maybe beat the Warriors in a in a playoff series along the way, and they end up playing again. Then then I think it is a, a true rivalry unequivocally. But I think typically it's on the the team that hadn't done anything because they obviously take it a lot more seriously. And then the team that has won, it's on them to react. And I think the Clay Thompson reaction tonight to Dylan Brooks tells you all you need to know about how the Warriors feel about the Grizzlies. And then Clay comes out after the game and says, hey, look, I respect them, even if I don't like them. So I think there is 
uh, a level in play there of competitiveness that's that's good for the game. So I'm calling it a rivalry uh, at this point because I think I think the way Clay and Draymond treated tonight uh, tell you that they think it's one, and the Grizzlies have, have I think treated it as one. Maybe even going back to the playing tournament in 2021 when they did end the Warrior season uh, in this building. Uh, at that particular point in time. All right, before we hear from Steve Kerr, let's uh, let's get to uh, our 9 o'clock hour here briefly. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ-FM in HD1 San Francisco. Always live on Twitch, YouTube, and the free Odyssey app. All right, back with you here for a few more minutes. Warriors wrap up a 95-7 the game, uh, 888-957-9570. Let's let's go ahead and hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, as as he addressed the media following this one. What did he like about the Warriors as they improved to 16 and 18? Here's the head coach. What did you think of the win tonight, and what does this do for you guys after, you know, how you guys ended the road trip? Yeah, it's, it's a great win. I mean, that's one of the best teams in the league. And, you know, to, to come off that disappointing trip and play the way we did tonight was uh, really encouraging. And, and I just challenged the guys to uh, to build on it. You know, we've got seven straight home games uh, coming up. You know, we've we've been great at home, but we haven't really built a lot of momentum this year. It's kind of been, you know, stops and starts. So it feels like it's time to turn it up. And so we got to build on this. Um, and, and that's, you know, we're, we're not always going to shoot the ball like we did tonight, but if we compete and defend the way we did, then I think we can get going, get some momentum. And that's, that's the idea. Why do you think you guys seem to enjoy beating that team more than, than most teams? There's just, you know, with the playoff series we had with them last year, um, the fact that, you know, they're the, uh, the young up and coming team. Uh, there's been a lot of chirping uh, back and forth. It's all healthy and, you know, it's, it's good stuff. It's, it's the spirit of competition and um, fine with me. I'm sure you remember back when you started in the league in the late eighties, early nineties, the Detroit Pistons team, you guys kind of see this rivalry kind of little bulls Pistons esque. <laughs> no, it's, it's definitely uh, picking up steam, but um I think I, I said yesterday that you, you need to, to really develop a rivalry. There's got to be, I think, multiple playoff series. So last year's series was really contested and, and heated and um, we know how good they are. And, and um, you know, we're, we're trying to keep it rolling and they're trying to knock us, knock us off the, the mountain. So um, it, it sets up for a, a really good uh, matchup. 13 rebounds, 13 assists, three points for, I mean, is that just kind of the most quintessential Draymond Green yeah. performance you could yeah. get out of him? Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's what a great Draymond Green performance looks like often, you know, just controlling the game uh, at both ends with his defense, but also on offense, um, you know, playing that point forward role. It's uh, he, he was tremendous tonight. I just thought he, he, uh, his defense was all world. I mean, what he was doing out there, and and then finishing the possession with uh, with the boards, um, you know, he and Loon both did a really good job. Steve, what did it mean to you to get the sequence? You know, what Ty Jerome did there for a sequence in the third, and Moody and Lamb—they all gave you crucial yeah. minutes and contributions um, to kind of 
spell the start. Yeah, I thought that was the key to the game was every single guy who came off the bench was fantastic. I thought, uh, you know, Dante knocking down shots early, you know, Wise coming in and playing uh, really good defense for his eight minutes or so. And then, you know, JK's defense as well was a big part of that win. And then I thought the, the key stretch, you know, Lamb came in and, and gave us uh, some, I think, three straight threes in the first half, which which helped us get rolling. But the, the key stretch in the game to me was when Ty Jerome came in, and uh, I think he scored seven or eight straight points, and um, our lead went back to double digits. It, I think they had cut it to four or so. But that's... Uh, now that's Ty is a vet. He's been in this league for a few years. When he comes in the game, he settles us down. You know, he doesn't turn it over. He makes great decisions, and he's he's an excellent shooter. So plus twenty three, I think, for Ty in twenty two minutes, pretty impressive. The Grizzlies came in as the best rebounding team. You guys had twelve more by halftime, and then it was seven more. How much of a point of emphasis was hitting the glass tonight? Yeah, it's always a physical game when you play these guys. I thought uh, Jaron Jackson's foul trouble hurt them uh, quite a bit. It changed their rotations. And, uh, you know, Stephen Adams is such a, a handful under the glass. You know, seven offensive boards for him. But Loon and Draymond battled him. And our guards got back in the mix. I think Clay had nine boards, uh, which was uh, really key for us. So really good overall team effort. We have to be more poised overall um myself included you know i can't get that t in a game like this and i think we had six of them tonight so um we've got to we've got to get to another level um by being able to win not just when we make 18 threes but when shots aren't going in and you win with execution and poise because uh, we're not we're not there yet i was going to ask you if the six t's bothered you yeah yeah and, and you know especially jordan's second one you know um he knows that uh he can't get a second one so he's still a young player. Jordan was fantastic tonight. We needed his uh, his offensive uh, firepower. The way he started the game set a great tone. So the, the, the great thing with Jordan is that I think he still has a, a level uh, or two to go to really get to the, the point where, you know, he's reaching his ceiling. And that involves uh, just playing with poise and um, whether it's avoiding you know, the, the referees just taking care of the ball at certain times. Um, but he's doing a, a great job of competing and, and um, you know, helping us stay afloat offensively at times, at key times in the game. Steve, going back to Dante, he's coming off an injury. You put him in the starting lineup. He gives you five threes in a season high 19. What do you think about the way he stepped up? Dante was brilliant. Uh, you know, he started the game on jaw, so he gives us that defensive presence that we really need in the backcourt to take some of the pressure off the other guys. And uh, he's scrappy and he plays hard when he when he can knock down threes like he did tonight. Uh, it's a game changer for us. So, you know, he's really, I think, found himself here in our system and in this uh roster with you know playing with the guys he's playing with i think the last uh, few weeks he's been he's been fantastic steve memphis has been kind of a a significant chapter in your coaching career it seems like you keep coming up against them what what does that kind of contrast in style and even like their demeanor what, what does that bring out of your guys and do you think sometimes they might go a little bit over trying to respond to it i think it's good for our guys to feel that that threat and feel that uh, that confidence from the other side i mean we we enjoy the challenge our guys love the challenge and and they generally you know step up to it when they feel that they've they've been great you know going back to 
my first couple of years, you know, when they had uh, Mark Gasol and Mike Conley and, and Zach, you know, the, the grit and grind teams and, and what they've done over the last three, four years, rebuilding the team is, is brilliant. You know, the way they've drafted and, and coached and uh, the way Ja has, has played and led, they've got something special and our guys feel that both sides chirp back and forth. And, you know, this is what competition's all about. I guess this is following up on that. I mean, Clay is a very even keeled player, usually never gets too high or low. When he has a, I guess, a, a taunt or just a reaction as he did, what does that inject your team with? Like, what kind of energy do they feel after seeing Clay just have such a big reaction? The thing that makes Clay uh, who he is, obviously, you know, he's one of the great shooters of all time, but it, it, I think what has endeared him to his teammates is that he just wants to win. You know, he's um, he's such a competitor, doesn't often show emotion, but the guys have always known, regardless of what's happening, Clay wants to win. He's an incredible competitor. And, uh, you know, I think this year has been, been difficult for him, um, just um, you know, struggling out of the gates, you know, not being able to to, uh, to go through camp and start out on a minutes restriction. And, um, you know, the shot has kind of... Um, come and gone for him and he's he's had a lot of frustration and he's shown some of that so it's great to see tonight in the midst of uh what wasn't a great shooting night that he got back to being the clay of just win just do whatever it takes to win the nine rebounds the emotion that you mentioned i think all that was really important what what was the explanation you got on the take foul that you know became a uh, they told me it was transition and i asked why how you, how it could be transition after a, a made free throw I was confused because didn't feel like transition to me. You know, you mentioned James' defense. You know, he plays eight only eight minutes. Yeah. I don't think he took a shot, but I mean, you seem like that. I mean, was that one of the better performances of his career in some way? He was great defensive, great. You know, just patrolling the paint, uh, staying in between uh, the ball and the basket, but still being able to cover uh, the role man. Um, you know, playing the cat and mouse game. He had several plays where he just went vertical. Um, you know, he's in the right spot, went vertical. And, you know, that's a, a big obstacle in your way. If you're a guard coming down, you got to score over the top of James. And uh, so his ability to do that without fouling is crucial to his place, you know, in our rotation on our team. And that's the beauty of his three weeks in uh, Santa Cruz is, you know, they worked on that every single day. And uh, as I told you recently, I mean, you go to Santa Cruz, you get three or four great practices in a week. You play here and we got a game the next night and there's a little bit of film and a walkthrough and you're moving on to the next one. So he needs the reps and uh, the reps in Santa Cruz um, in practice over and over again and then seven or eight games. Uh, he's made big strides. So really pleased with, with James. All right. So Steve Kerr, that Steve Kerr there addressing James Wiseman and the different ways he impacted the game defensively. I want to go back to Clay Thompson because I think it, it plays into a text message that we received here. Uh, 650 saying, J.D., you're not worried about Clay. I know he's still getting his legs, but but he didn't even get high enough to dunk in the fourth quarter. Uh, and 510 saying, Clay overshooting. A lot of concern about Clay on the Xfinity Mobile text line here uh, tonight. And look, I, I view tonight as a positive, to be honest. And it's for a lot of the reasons that Steve Kerr just laid out. It was the fact that he still had a positive impact on the game, even though he didn't shoot it well. The The part where I think I break off from, from a lot of people is like, I think we have to accept that, that Clay Thompson is going to have to, he, it, it isn't always going to be pretty for Clay. 
Like, and, and he's going to have to be more of a grinder. And I think tonight he was. You know, he was doing everything he could defensively, and he's scrapping, and he's hitting big shots, even if he's not hitting a high percentage of shots. And he's rebounding, you know, to the tune of, of nine in the game tonight. He's trying to move the ball for assists. Like, I think, I think we have to accept, and I said this months ago, that, you know, Clay Thompson can still have big nights and will still have big nights, but they're not going to be as many of them as there used to be, and they're going to be fewer, they're going to be farther between uh, than, than they used to be. But that doesn't mean that he can't be an effective player as far as helping winning. And I think tonight, you know, th- there's just going to be more nights where you're going to look up and and Clay's going to be under 50% shooting, or it's going to be kind of an ugly line as far as that goes. But, you know, did he help will the team to a win? In, in his own way, and, and tonight he did. I mean, he was a, a – him and Draymond both tonight. Not pretty games by any stretch, but effective games. Games that in, in the in the grind against a team like the Grizzlies really help you, you get the job done. So uh, good stuff all in all. Key now, can the Warriors continue to, to play with that edge like they like – they, cared tonight against Charlotte and Utah and Portland and Atlanta and Detroit and Orlando and Phoenix over the course of of the next two weeks before they get that road trip. If if the Warriors can win five games on this homestand, you know, I I think they're in in pretty good shape. If they could win six, then, then look out. I mean, at that point, You'd be over 500 again, heading on the road, and hopefully with Steph Curry's return right around the corner, then we can start having a conversation about, all right, maybe this team can can separate again if they can get healthy and and make a push toward trying to avoid the play-in tournament. Like that's the goal, trying to avoid the play-in tournament, and then you see where you're at, and you, and you see you know how jumbled up it is as far as the the top four, and maybe you got a shot beyond that. But uh, none of that's going to happen if this team goes two and six on this homestand. You know, this team goes two and six in this homestand, something like that, and then we're talking about can they just get into the play and tournament and take their chances. And I don't think that's that gives you a ch- that doesn't give you the best position to be able to to cobble it together. You know, cobbling it together doesn't give you a shot to make a run. Cobbling it together means you're going to get in and probably be one and done, uh, or maybe you can you can eke out another round, but you're going to be sent packing at some point. All right, great night tonight, though, for the Warriors. Really appreciate it. We'll end it on that note, uh, as I'm going to be back with you tomorrow and all week here on 95.7 The Game uh, in the afternoon. Uh, tomorrow with Alan Stiles. Got a couple of days with Larry Kruger, and we'll be back for Warriors Live as well on Tuesday night, 6 o'clock. But uh, keep it locked here on 95.7 The Game. Uh, tomorrow, again, in the afternoon, it'll be me and Alan Stiles. We'll be talking Warriors. We'll be talking 49ers and their win over the Commanders and everything going on uh, in Bay Area sports. Uh, so that'll do it. Thanks to Sterling Bennett and everybody in our San Francisco studios, Cam Williams among them. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow and on Tuesday. Warriors get the win tonight, 123-109. to And you heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 